Hi, I'm Danny Carter Iddens, creator of Taking Back You. My vision for Taking Back You was simple. I wanted to create a safe place for mamas to focus on the dreams that have been placed on their hearts, where they could walk alongside other mamas who get and give advice on how to do this mom thing. I want to tell mamas what I wish someone had told me and to build a community of mothers who aren't afraid to reach for the stars, even while holding their children in their arms. Want to learn more? Visit takingbackyou.com because at Taking Back You, we know happy moms raise happy kids. You are listening to the Taking Back You podcast, hosted by Danny carter Riddens. Taking Back You is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic show for young mamas who are trying to reclaim themselves while fully entrenched in motherhood. Hi, this is Danny carter Iddens, and welcome to the Taking Back You podcast. This week, guys, and next week is a really special series. You asked, we listened. I had um, a mom survey go out about two months ago, and one of the overwhelming messages I got in the survey was that they wanted, you guys wanted advice on dating your spouse. You just kind of said that, you know, now that you've had kids, you don't always have time or it's hard to make time. So I thought, hey, this would be a great opportunity to bring my husband in now that school's out and he is able to uh, spend a little bit more time at home during the day. And we're just going to kind of share some advice with you about, um, I don't know, like how we've been doing it. We've been together for 11 years, married for seven. And we have a little guy and it hasn't always been easy, um, but I think we do a pretty good job of, you know, keeping the spark <laughs> spark ignited. I don't know. What do you think, Jim? I think we do a decent job. You think so? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, first off, I'm going to introduce you. Um, this is Jim. That voice you heard was Jim. He's my husband. And he's, um, I don't know, what, you're 35? What are you? Tell us about you, Jim. Well, I usually have to ask you my age. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> I'm not very good with time. So no, he's not. She keeps me straight on that. I do. Yeah. I'm very in the moment a lot of times. So. Yes. 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 Yeah. So anyway. what do you do? So I'm a school teacher at the school town of Highland over in Highland, Indiana. And I teach seventh and eighth grade direct instruction, English and social studies and some life skills in there as well. Uh, because the students that I deal with typically um, are a little bit short on the social, emotional skills. So that's kind of funny because that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> social and emotional skills. Um, and so what else do you do? Because I know, I mean, I'm asking you this because I already know the answer, but you also happen to be an entrepreneur, correct? Very entrepreneurial, sure. <laughs> Um, so I, I started a landscape business um, when I first began teaching because my first couple of teaching gigs um, didn't really leave a lot of extra cash uh, for saving or even covering the necessities. So I started a landscape business. I've landscaped since high school. And so I just kind of fell into that skill set. Um, I started doing that part time in high school and then came in handy. In the early years of our relationship, I started that for some extra cash, and uh, it's grown um, even beyond what I actually wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But I will say it was helpful because um, you started it the year that we got married, and that was also the year where we were like, oh, we are so broke. Um, So that was really helpful, and it kind of, you know, especially once Alex was born the next year, it really helped kind of fill in the gaps, which um, I do think money problems are a big part of, you know, why a lot of, you know, husband and wives have a hard time dating um, after they get married and after they have kids, because the cash flow might not exactly be like it was before they, you know, had children and sure. bought houses and cars and all this stuff. Um, so that was definitely something that really helped with covering those tight months. 
So now I'm going to ask you just a little bit because, I mean, my listeners know me. They know what I'm into, uh, namely dance, 90s dance music, which is something that we share, um, and wine <laughs> and Jesus. But the um, but they, they might not know a lot about you. So first of all, I'll say this. You are, um, if there is anybody who reads as much if not more than me, it's, it's probably you. Um, so like, what do you read? All right. So I like to read, um, I guess what led me into cultural studies, social studies, that kind of stuff, teaching that kind of stuff. I've always liked to read history. I like to know why things are the way they are. Um, so I read a lot of nonfiction, uh, different accounts of the past, uh, specific events in the past, um, different cultures, that sort of thing. I also read a lot of fiction. I like to have some some literature going, some good novels, um, which I haven't read a good novel in a while. Um, so hopefully this summer I'll be able to tackle a few of those and really kind of, you know, get my intellectual fix there. All right. He's like looking at me. He's like, what do you want? Okay. You read like, you read way more than just historical stuff. You read utopian, dystopian. We read those together. Right. We read the, we read, okay, you guys, we read a horrible series. Um, this is something that we do to uh, stay connected. We read a, a couple of, actually he, he quit on me in one of them. Um, but we read a lot of dystopian like series together. And one of them was just awful. He liked the second one. I hate it, but that's really fine. We just do that. Just kind of like, we have like a husband wife book club. Um, and sometimes it works most of the time it doesn't, but it's just really funny to, um, like see which books he likes and which books I don't. It's just like, it's kind of a mess. And you also do, you like science fiction, which is funny because you read a lot of science fiction, but I watch a lot, a lot of science fiction, but I'm not really like a big reader of it. Sure. And I like to teach that too. Yeah, you do. You teach it. Um, and his students also are now big science fiction fans because of him. And then probably the uh, coolest thing that I think is you read a lot of religious philosophy. Um, <laughs> you should see our bookshelves. I'm looking at some of our bookshelves right now. And you would think, I, I wonder what people who see our bookshelves think we talk about, um, because I think they would think we were, I don't know, a lot snootier than we are um, looking at our bookshelves <laughs> because my husband is kind of a book snob, um, even more than I am. And you know what? Honestly, you didn't you didn't grow up like a lot of kids. You yeah, didn't watch TV. Very true. In fact, he's wearing a shirt right now that says "Turn off your TV." Um, so that's the biggest difference. Like most millennial kids grew up in front of the television. Yeah, you did not. I did not. <laughs> no. I remember it was a, kind of a cultural awakening when my parents tried cable, like a free trial while I was in junior high. Oh my gosh, junior high. And it high. kind of opened my eyes. Um, and that was the first time I had really watched MTV in my own house. What? Um, I'd seen it a couple of times, you know, at friends' houses. But um, that really kind of blew my mind because I was such a big music person. Right. Um, so, and that was back in the day when they always used to play music videos. That was all it was, was actual music television. Um, not all this reality TV nonsense. Yeah. I don't even know if reality um, is the word I would use for whatever is on Unreality right TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really funny when we first started dating. Um, I always joke that he didn't exist before 2008, um, which is the year we started dating, because he um, does not understand cultural references be like anything before 2008. So like friends references went completely over his head, which y'all know me. I love friends. So it was, it's just really funny. And in fact, he just finished finally. Um, we sat down and we watched all 10 seasons of friends beginning to end on Netflix. He just finished it. So now he understands friends references, which is very helpful in our relationship because I make them quite a, like quite a bit. And it's really helpful that he knows what those are. Um, but if, as you can see, we are completely like different. Like it's actually kind of funny. I think we, I mean, we, we read, we both read and we both like intellectual pursuits, but like our personalities are very different. I'm a crazy extrovert. He's an introvert. Um, he says maybe three words like 
an hour. I say maybe three words a second. No. (laughs) And so like that's, we're just very um, different, but it works. So we, I did that to kind of show you that, you know, yes, you can be coming from different places and, you know, different points in your life. um, But it it can work. It, it, It works. Somehow it works. I don't get it, but it does. And, you know, that's the first thing I want you to remember is that there was a reason you and your spouse um, decided to, you know, go on this great big journey together. And maybe on paper, when you write down all the A's and B's and pros and cons, it doesn't always make sense, but there's something there, there's a reason. And so that's the one thing you have to remember um, that somewhere in there, there's a reason that you guys are together and that reason is good. Before we get started on giving our advice, I want to just um, do a quick disclaimer because I I want to make sure that everyone understands this and where we're coming from. If you are in an abusive relationship or um, if you or your children are unsafe, please, please, please seek professional help. Seek help. Okay. We're not telling you to try to hold, to hold something together where you or your children could be hurt. And please don't take what Jim and I are saying, our advice, please don't take it as medical advice. It is not medical advice. It is simply um, two people that have been together for a long time and we're telling you what works and we'll probably tell you some of the stuff that hasn't worked either because, you know, it happens. Um, But yes, don't take us as medical advice. And like I said, if you are in an abusive relationship, please, please, please seek professional help, seek help. That's always a a number one for me. Um, Please, please, please seek help. So kind of what I wanted to share with you guys today, and like, then this is a two-part series, so we're going to talk about something, a couple things this week, and then next week we're going to finish off, but kind of what I wanted to talk about um, first is that, you know, um, what it was like when we dated before we had Alex, or, or really what it was, I guess, like when we were dating, just in general, even before we were married, um, before we had, cause we had Alex so soon after, um, we got married, we got married. So, I mean, like, what was it like when we were dating before? Um, well, do you want to talk about the first time you invited me on a date or <laughs> <laughs> the first time I invited you on a date, you were too dumb to get it and you didn't go. So there was that. But then the second time, no, actually probably like the third or fourth time. No, because then you invited me on a date and I was too dumb to get it. Also, so we we had some daft moments in our history. So we didn't understand that we were dating for probably a solid like month. Yeah, yeah, it was unclear for. <laughs> yeah, those blurred blurred lines. <laughs> yeah, we were very unclear about our dating, but um, once we figured that out, and we like talked about like, hey, I, I think we're a couple now, and we we should we should hang out with each other all the time. We were definitely um, spontaneous. I think we were way more spontaneous. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what started. uh, I mean, one of the first major trips we took, um, she was going to school in California. And I said, hey, I'll take you there. Um, (laughs) And she's like, yeah, right. (laughs) And I I was like, no, I'll I'll literally take you to California. And And he did. So... um, (laughs) It, it just kind of started off that way. And that's just the kind of person I am. I'm just very, yeah, very random. <laughs> uh, but if I say it, I'm usually yes, going to do it. He's going to so. do it. And, and that's, that, that is true. Um, and that's something that I've always been able to count on is that he is the kind of person where if he says something for better or for worse, I know it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, but I know we would go on what obviously to California, but we were going long drives together, even once I got back. So quick story about California. Um, I went to California for law school, hated law school, um, realized I hated law school, loved the law. Then I was also, I, here, here's the real deal. I was in California and I was looking at all these like really hot, like sun kissed guys. And all I could think about was Jim back in Valparaiso, Indiana. So I took that as God saying, girl, go home. And so I did. I packed my stuff and I came back to Indiana and everybody was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I think I'm in love. And so, yeah. (laughs) So that was a good analysis. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, not long after that, we moved in together, which was much to the chagrin of um, 
Our families. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? It was 2009, y'all. And everybody our age knows that 2009, everybody was broke. We couldn't get jobs. We couldn't get... So it was like we... We were together all the time anyway, so we just thought, well, why don't we um, live together and cut and save money, honestly. Right. Um, cut our expenses Yeah, in cut half. our expenses. <laughs> like, yeah, in half. Um, probably more than half, but it was, you know, our families were not, like, too keen on it, but then it was also, like, we um, we weren't really asking them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, kind of one of those things. But um, I don't know. what we, we went to wineries. Many, many wineries. We went out to dinner all the time. Yeah. We did all these really fun things, like a lot of like super fun things. And, you know, we honestly like pretty much, I mean, save for like a few of our friends that we had, we honestly just hung out with each other and we were pretty much inseparable. I mean, we still are. We, we probably hang out with each other more than we hang out with anybody else, but which sure. I think that's, I feel like that's. Should be normal. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's our normal. Yeah, that's our normal. Um, and you know, but I think that um, probably the biggest difference is that you know, back before we were married or we had, we didn't have all the. I feel like, I feel like the minute, like the second we got married, like the financial responsibilities, just like <laughs> kicked in. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, oh, man, I wish we could go back to the all the non-bills that we had when we were, you know, before <laughs> before right. we were 27. But that didn't happen. Um, and so, you know, we got married because we decided we wanted to have children. And um, so six months later, I was pregnant with Alex. And I'll tell you this, though, and this is something that's really interesting. Our sex life is probably better now. Probably. Okay. It is, it's way better now than it was before we had our son. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. What, what do you got on that, Jim? I'll let you take that one. Well, I don't know how much you want me to talk about. I mean, do you want not me to talk about? Not a lot. About? No, not that. So, not about last night. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just noticed a huge change in you um, after you had Alex and after you'd recovered from surgery and everything. Um, I think she just felt like more of a woman. Um, I felt like kind of we had a decent amount to work through on the front end of our relationship, just both being from real, real conservative Catholic backgrounds um, that kind of encouraged a lot of weird, um, I don't know, guilt. And um, I don't know, how would you say it? Yeah, Catholic guilt. Yeah, yeah. Around yeah. around sex and around, around sex and, nudity and, and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and so we we had some of those issues to work through on the front end, but I feel like we had worked through most of them by the time that uh, that you got pregnant, mm-hmm. and then just after she had Alex and recovered, um, she definitely felt like more of a woman. I I mean, I, I feel like most of those issues kind of disappeared. Yeah. Almost overnight. Um, just in terms of your self-confidence, your willingness to kind of let go and trust and, um, and all that. And I have to say you're, you're absolutely right. Because when, um, I remember when, you know, when I was holding Alex, when he was like first born, I remember thinking like, holy crap, like this is a person he wasn't here before and now he's here. And, um, like we made this person and like, that I thought that was just really cool that like we had this connection between us now that was like, I mean, of course we were married and you, but it was like a tangible connection um, with the, with, with you. And like, I just thought like how cool my body was because it like carried this person. And then I was able to feed this person with my body. And that was really the first time that I, I really like appreciated like being a woman mm-hmm. because I could like, I was like, oh, man, my body brought a life into this world. I'm like beating it with my body. Like, this is crazy. Like, right. you know, this, this, um, and, and I mean, like we all know from like a young age, like as women that we can do that, but it, the reality, the of reality of it was different. And I just realized that this was, um, he was like a tangible palpable thing that we could hold. And, that really did kind of open up, you know, my eyes um, to, 
you know, well, wait a minute, I am a woman and that's good. And that's great. And there's things that, you know, I can do that Jim can't do. And, um, and that's okay. And I really started to kind of understand the dynamic and that, you know, his, his role as the man is different from my role as the woman. And that's like how it's supposed to be because, um, we can do things that the other person can't do. And right. that's how it's both. That's how a partnership works. When you, when you do a partnership, you find somebody that has the skills and the qualities that you don't have because you don't need two people who can do the same things and nobody that can do the other stuff. Right. Then you have a big hole that right. you're trying to fill. Yeah. Right. So that's when I kind of realized, oh, okay, so this is, you know, um, and it's not that, and y'all know, I'm not saying my role is lesser. Uh-uh. I might, I probably say it's more. <laughs> Uh, you better agree now. <laughs> Daily. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I just realized that, you know, I'm not supposed to do the same things that Jim does. And Jim's not supposed to do the same things as me because he's um, he's the, the dude and I'm the chick. And that's, just, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it might sound a bit crude, but it's just honestly the truth. Um, and that really made our... Um, I don't know. It made our relationship stronger once I realized that, because I do think that there was a lot of battle with me, obviously the Catholic guilt, but then also just being strong, independent woman. I think I, I really had to kind of let go of, you know, that in so, certain aspects of our relationship and kind of just be like, okay, you're going to handle that. I'm going to handle this. Um, and I think having a baby kind of made that happen by default. Cause I was kind of out of the game. Like I could, I had a C-section, so I couldn't. Um, yeah. There's biological. Reality. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. biological realities. I couldn't do everything all the time, every second. Cause I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I couldn't lift my own kid myself. So, I mean, there was just things that, you know, you realize um, if anything, having children, and I'm sure everybody who's had a child, whether you've had one, um, whether you've given birth or you adopted, you understand that children, take any kind of control that you thought you had in life and just throw it out the window and um, spit on it as it flies out. <laughs> yeah. And I think a, a good example of that is when we constructed a birth plan, this elaborate <laughs> birth plan uh, throughout the, the uh, class that we took um, uh, beforehand, before she gave birth. And we came up with this elaborate birth plan and all this stuff. Oh, we had music. It was choreographed because, you know, I like to yeah. choreograph. There was music. There was music to every stage of labor. What? I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely two idealists putting their heads together. Um, but one of the great lessons we learned throughout that whole process um, of having Alex was just that it doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go. Or for some people, it might. Um, but there's going to be other things in life that don't go the way you think they're going to go. But I will say, and and you remember this as well as I do, the um, when it was when I, after everything had gone horribly, horribly wrong, it was almost cosmically comical how wrong everything had gone, and they were about to carry me finally to the um, ER because I had to have an emergency C-section. Um, the song that was playing when it was time for us to go back for me to go back was the song that I danced for you, um, danced to for you at our wedding. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a, you know, even though all this stuff was chaotic around us and we didn't know what was going on, we were scared, you know, we still had that. And we, and at the end of the day, we realized that, you know, that was like a reminder that it's me and him. Those signs. Yeah. yeah those signs that it was, it's me and him and that we, you know, um, we're better together as long as we are doing whatever we're doing together. It works out much better when it's together. And I just think this is cool. So I'll point it out. Um, and the one thing that did go right in the birth plan was that Alex breastfed mm -hmm. uh, almost immediately. And I just feel like that element of connection um, out of all that pile of things that we, you know, kind of planned out and asked for. Uh, for that one thing to go right, that connection uh, with Alex, I, I mm -hmm. feel like really yeah. um, helped all three of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he also took a bottle really easily too. So that was nice. When I had to go back to work, you, you kicked in. Right. Um, and, and that was a big, that was a big thing once we had Alex. 
as far as us, we always, before we had Alex, we always agreed that you and I would, you know, both be there to raise him. We didn't ever want it to be, you know, okay, Danny, yeah, you raise them and then I'll see him when I see him, um, when I get off work or whatever. So I was very grateful to have that. Um, and I know that doesn't always work for families. I mean, cause sometimes you just get a, this, the, the hand you're dealt is the hand you're dealt. Um, but that was really beneficial for us that, you know, it, it gave me time away from baby. Cause I mean, yeah, how long can you talk to a baby that doesn't right. talk back to you? <laughs> and for the first few months, doesn't even really acknowledge your existence. Um, you know, so it allowed me to go and speak to people who like spoke words and it also allowed Jim and Alex to bond, um, and have their bonding time without me being there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to stand over, you know, I, I didn't stand over his head, um, over Jim's head and tell him what he needed to do. Cause I mean, like I was gone. So like he figured it helped him with parenting too, because. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had always pictured myself having a girl, which mm-hmm. was interesting because I'm not a super masculine guy. I mean, like I ran track in high school, you know, like. But you're not like a sports. I like played in ba- yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even know. He can't even remember like which teams are baseball, basketball, football. Like he's not there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I, I just never pictured myself raising a boy. Obviously, not all boys have to be like that. Right. But, um, so that's why I always pictured myself having a girl because all my friends were girls right. growing up. Or not all of them, but most of right. them. Um, and so intellectually, I just felt like that was, but with Alex, I mean, it, it's just such a gift because it was another thing of, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I had to think on my toes and confront the reality of yeah. um, what he is. And <laughs> um, Oh, and is he? <laughs> it's a, he's a force to be reckoned Oh, yes, he is. Um, and, you know, I would see, I had always imagined having a boy from I knew I was gonna have a boy like I just knew I was gonna have a boy I never it never even occurred to me that I would have a girl because I just thought I God gave me all these girl students so he wouldn't he would never (laughs) yeah you get a boy thank you um you know but I like I said I think having a baby made me feel sexier not always the case for everybody but it was for me and our relationship changed a lot after we had Alex. Um, and I, and I, let me be real. The first year or so is a hot mess. No, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, like, that's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh, six months after, you know, six weeks after we had Alex, we just went on business as usual. No, it was a mess. It was a horrible mess. Um, everybody's tired. Everybody was exhausted. I, I was I think there was points in time where I was delusionally tired um, and to the point where like I um, (laughs) Jim would come home and I'd be like, take this child from me. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. And so, you know, yeah, everybody was tired. So it took a year before anybody even knew like kind of sort of what was going on. We were a hot mess for a year and that's normal. So don't think that you have to, I hate TV and I hate magazines and social media because they make you think like, yeah, I don't know. You drop the kid out on Friday and by the next Friday you're at the golden globes. Right. False. Like, and if you are at the golden globes the next Friday, it's because you got 30 people who are, you parenting know, for parenting you. for you. And if they're not parenting for you, they're tying you into God knows what to get your stomach, you know, I mean, there's, it's not, you know, so I don't want people to think that like, you know, Oh, after we had Alex, we just rode off into the sunset and, you know, sunshine puppy dogs. Um, it was hard because now we had to figure out what the heck we were going to do with this kid when we wanted to go out. Who did we trust to watch him? Um, who, you know, like there was a lot of things like we didn't even think about like, okay, before we would just go out and we would enjoy ourselves and we'd have a great time. But now we had to like, actually think about like, who are we leaving our kid with? Do we know these people? How much is it going to cost to pay them for a babysitter? How much is it going to cost to, you know, um, go out to eat? What's that in our budget? Now we have to feed a third person. You know, there's all these things that we didn't think about. We're going to take a quick break, though, 
And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we budgeted for our, like for, you know, dating after baby um, and just kind of what we did and how we figured out, you know, how our dating changed because we had to, you know, figure it, figure it out. All right. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. I love Anchor because I was up and running in a couple of hours. You can even record your episodes on the go using their super friendly Anchor app. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And we are back. Okay, so before the break, we um, had said we were going to talk about budgeting when you are dating after babies, Um, dating your spouse after babies. And, you know, I would say um, for us, we kind of had it a little bit easy um, because we had your parents who... From a, I mean, from when Alex was pretty young, would take him. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was huge. That was yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't have to worry about. Um, I mean, because we had we had a couple things going on. We didn't really want to be away from him for too long, um, so we didn't go on dates by ourselves a lot. But then we also knew we needed to do it. One of the um, some of the best advice that I've ever gotten. Um, was from a, like a, another couple who their children are grown and in college. But one of the things they always said was schedule um, dates, schedule your date nights um, and always make sure that you go on a date at least once a month. And it doesn't have to be like um, a big, you know, grandiose, like bells and whistles, flowers and hearts and all that. But it does need to be some time that's just for you, like for the two of you without your children. Um, And I know that that's harder for people if you don't have family near you. Um, But I know colleges, universities, a lot of times they have, um, you know, I don't know, like employment kind of websites or I don't know, kind of like job websites or whatever, where kids are looking for, you know, college kids are looking for work and for stuff to do. And I know there's a lot of, um, I mean, there were, when I was in college, there was a lot of girls who would be happy college girls who you can trust, you know, they're in college. They're like, you know, sure. um, you could trust to watch, to watch your kids for a couple of hours while you guys go do something, um, you know, go do something together. Um, and you know, then their cost is not going to be like astronomical. Cause you know, in college, you're just excited um, if you have enough money to eat more than like ramen. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) they're usually pretty, um, easy to, you know, get a hold of. And, and they're usually people that you can trust, but you know, that cost is going to have to go into your budget. And I think that's, uh, my parents thinking back way back in the day. Um, I think that's what they did as well. Um, my dad, um, had several people that he knew through work um, whose daughters were in college and those were our first babysitters were, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I know, um, other groups, uh, like I have other f- groups of friends who they kind of co-op date. Oh, okay. So what they do is they will, um, there's maybe like three or four couples and they'll rotate. So they'll say, okay, um, can you, you guys watch the kids this time and we'll go out. Sure. And then 
we'll watch the kids this time and you guys go out. So they kind of rotate through the month. Right. And then the kids get, you know, it's exciting for the kids because they get people to play with and it's fun and they get to see their friends. And then the parents also get time, you know, and then you also know you're with people, your kids are with people that you trust. You trust. Yeah. Um, and so I do know that that's the thing that they'll do kind of dating co-ops um, that, that I, I know even people at my mops table that do that. So um, I think that's really, I, I think it's cool. I like literally had never thought of it until they said they did. It. And I was like, Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Um, so, you know, again, it's one of those where you, you got to kind of know the people, but that's an option, um, you know, to kind of make sure you are also scheduling your dates and that you're, you know, getting them on the calendar because there's one thing to just kind of say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to go out sometime this weekend, like, or we're going to go out some weekend this month. Right. But if you don't have it like on your calendar and it's something to look forward to also, I know what we would do. We would look and see when you were going to get paid. And then the next text would be to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Once we know what we're working with. Yeah. (laughs) Run the budget, see when he's going to get paid. And then the next call would be to my mother-in-law to see if she would take Alex for that weekend or heck we'll take a day. We'll take an hour now. Um, and then we would, you know, go from there and then we would kind of figure out, you know, yeah. like I said, what we were working with. And I think it gradually kind of built up from the time we had Alex. So at first they would just take Alex for, you know, an hour or two. So we could go out to dinner or something like that. Yeah. You usually, at first they would come to our house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah. Cause, uh, please come on new moms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then just gradually we built back up because that relationship that had brought Alex about mm-hmm. should still be a priority and you should still be investing time in that. Right. Um, and that, you know, having family or a, a group of friends through church or something like that, or you could do a co-op like Danny suggested. Um, creates that space of time that's kind of sacred um, that will help you rebuild uh, that gift of the relationship that, you know, has made this a thing in the first place. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that a lot of women are hesitant um, to do that at the beginning because for a couple of reasons, they might feel like they're not like a good mom. I know that was an overwhelming, like they feel like they don't want to be apart from their child. And if they're going over here, they're not being a good mom. But I offer, and um, you know, if you, if you listen to me for any length of time, you know that this is how I feel. You are a mom and you're also a wife and you're also a whatever it is that you do for work or, or don't do whatever. Those are all like, pieces of you, parts of you. And so you can't um, knock all the other ones to the wayside for the one role because you have a lot of different roles that you play. And, you know, you have to remember that that relationship that brought this person into the world is still important and needs to be nurtured and nourished and, um, you know, replenished um, because it's, that's just how it, I don't know. That's just how it is. Yeah. And I mean, uh, one of the things we go over in life skills, I, I know at least the eighth grade version of it is sharpen the saw. So it's taken, take time to renew yourself because if you don't mm-hmm. build up yourself, you have nothing to give to other people mm-hmm. or you don't have as much to give to other people. Mm-hmm. And so. that's, and that would be our pour from an, you can't pour from an empty cup. That would be <laughs> yeah. in uh, taking back you mom cast speak. That would be, Right. So, yeah. So that's Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. Um, You have to renew yourself. Otherwise, um, you just won't have anything else to give. So even if you're feeling burned out, you need to make that time. Otherwise, that relationship's just going to go away. Yeah. It's going to dissipate. It will. And and it's... um... It's not, I mean, it's, it's weird because it sounds like so simple, you know, just like, oh, we'll just schedule dates and we'll do this. But then like a lot of stuff, like life happens and a lot of things come into play that can kind of um, like hit you from all sides. And so Jim and I have, um, we have made, and I always say the wrong word here, but he's going to tell me if it's right. We've made a concerted 
Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. We made a concerted effort to um, like be together for a lot of stuff that like a lot of people might have just been like, all right, well, you go over there. I'll go over here. I'll see you when I see you. Um, we try to do as little as possible. And I know that this is not um, always the case because people, you know, jobs happen and life happens. But we try to spend as few nights as possible away from each other. That's just kind of something um, we spent an entire, the first, like basically the first year of our relationship in a long distance relationship. So I think now we're really super like, I don't know, um, protective of that, like time. Yeah. Time and space. Yeah. Cause we really try not like, like I'll give you an example right now. Um, like that we're in the process of moving to Indy and he's got, you know, he's doing job interviews. We're getting the house ready and we have all these things going on, but like, I still have to work here in Valpo. So even though the school year is done, um, I still have to work in Valpo because I do dance. So what's happening is he's going down to Valpo, but he came, he's going down to Indy. We all went together this past weekend. We all came home, but now we're all going back down again so that he can go to his job interviews tomorrow. And just cause we all wanted to be together. Um, and then you know, so we're doing a lot of back and forth now. I could easily just sit at home and be like, see you when I see you, you know, um, which would probably be Friday. And that I don't I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of things like that mm-hmm. that we do that's not necessarily the easiest thing right. to do. But because what we're working for, all, you know, all the money we earn, all this stuff that we're building is to be together. Is for the <laughs> people in our yeah, lives, yeah. not the things. So, I mean, if all of this goes away, we still have each other and we can rebuild. That's yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's just all there's to it. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, and when we did, when we were in a long distance relationship now, granted we weren't married, but I mean, the phone was like, um, our best friend. I mean, we would sit on Saturdays from like 10 o'clock in the morning until like four o'clock in the afternoon on the phone. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things about modern technology that makes long distance relationships easier, more tolerable. Um, I know my little sister, uh, and her husband, Jacob, they just got married. We went down to North Carolina. They were in a long distance relationship for a long time. Like what? Like it was five years, five or six years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, that's another example. They just, you know, even if they're driving, uh, what did they say? Like 10 hours, drive 10, 10 hours, hours to, to spend see. eight hours together. Like, no, it was like 10 uh, hours to spend one day uh, yeah. and turn on and go back. So, I mean, that's just, it just shows you that, you know, if you make that kind of sacred time and space for that person, um, you're putting, you're investing wisely, yeah. uh, your time wisely. And so, you know, all of those things are great when you don't have children. But I think what happens once you have kids is that you tell yourself that you don't have time for these things anymore. And one of the um, biggest lessons that I've had to learn and as far as starting my own business, like becoming an entrepreneur, is that you make time for the things that you want to do magically, mystically, you will always have time for the things that you make time for. It's crazy. And I know it sounds very, um, like almost simplistic, but it is true. Like you, if, if, if you make your relationship a priority, it will be a priority. Like it doesn't have, it's, it's not like, I hope, I hope me and Jim spend more time together. It's like, okay, well, Jim and I are going to spend more time together. And then it happens because that's just what we decide. And I will tell you, we can like, our, it's definitely obvious when we haven't been spending time with each other, when we haven't been um, and, like checking in with each other, um, when we honestly, when we haven't been having sex, like it's very we we are at odds. We fight a lot more. Yeah, um, just a lot of stupid like yeah, like stupid petty crap that yeah. it doesn't matter. Like that happens, and that's because you know when you have an intimate relationship, the intimacy is important because when you have that, um, hormones are released, 
and they're hormones that actually cause you to like bond with each other. So if you don't, if you don't have that intimate connection, you're not releasing, you know, that those hormones and getting that bond. Um, and so, yeah, we can definitely tell, and that's kind of crazy. And that's kind of like sciency and like anatomy, physiology, all that, but it is true. Like it is definitely true. And, um, and your fighting is different when you have a, an intimate connection versus not. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we say fighting, it's like, we don't, that's what I mean. Like yeah. we, it's usually disagreements, but even like yesterday we had <laughs> a knockdown drag out in Ikea um, because, so you know how Ikea, you can't figure out how to get the hell out of there. Well, he, he, we just could not figure out and like, I'm telling him what to do and he doesn't want to hear what I have to say. I mean, the and place is a labyrinth. It's a labyrinth. It really is. And so yeah. I'm like, just go towards the marketplace, the marketplace. And he's like, you're bad. You don't know what you're talking about. We're going like, we, you know, we were just going around and our poor kids in the cart, like, <laughs> and you know we finally get out and he's like that's not what you said and I'm like that is what I said you don't listen and then you know we're both in the car but then it was funny you know now we're in the car now we got to drive two and a half hours <laughs> back home together in the car but what was funny is that I had actually like 20 minutes later I had forgotten that we even fought and I was like looking off you know, outside, like, new, new, new. And he turns to me and he apologized for his behavior. And I was like, I forgot about it. Like, and if we didn't have that, like, intimate, you know, connection where I'm like, that's just how he is. He gets, he gets, he gets flustered and he freaks out. <laughs> so like, and he's, he doesn't listen. And he, the other thing I know about my husband is that he does not like authority. So whenever you take a stance of authority, towards him he will always there's triggers yeah he will always 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 go against whatever you say so like a lot of times our fights will be just listen to me just listen just shut up and listen to me and he'll be like I don't want to listen even if what I'm saying is right it's just like he can't so like fine whatever and I know that because of our relationship so whereas five years ago six years ago seven years ago I might have been like deeply wounded you know, he didn't listen to me in the Ikea. <laughs> no, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know it's not personal and I know it's just like your personality, but because we have such an intimate connection with each other and I know him so well, there are things that like would have been humongous fights six, seven years ago that are not even like, I'm like, they're like a blip on the radar. Yeah. I was like, whatever. He's, right. he's fine. And because when you don't have that emotional connection, that intimate connection, your cortisol levels mm-hmm. are higher, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is a stress hormone. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's one reason right there where it's just like physiologically you're different. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that intimate relationship with somebody. Right. And that's so. just, yeah, that's all there is to it. And then our poor child, um, <laughs> He's just an Ikea trying to get out. He's along for the ride yeah. through the maze. <laughs> through the maze. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, side note, if you're going to Ikea, don't take your children. Don't take your children. Terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, so, you know, that really, if I could say anything, and I think we're going to close this week, um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what we're going to talk about for uh, part two. If I could say anything, Really, 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 you know, one of the big, biggest excuses, and, and and I got this in my survey, was that people said that their budget wasn't there for dating each other. And I'm going to put it to you like this. If you don't take time to be with each other, to go out, to, to be, um, you know, Bob and Susie, Danny and Jim, Aaron and Matt, she's going to hear this and be like, ah! Okay. <laughs> you know, if you don't take that time to do that, then budget, who cares about the budget? You're going to have way bigger problems right. than your budget. And I mean, yeah, we, have, we haven't always followed the budget when we've gone out, but we did it because we knew that we needed it more than, um, you know, and we'll figure it out. God, and listen, God always provides it really and and that's crazy to say because it sometimes it sounds kind of like um, you know like la, 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 but it is true like God always provides and you know 
if that means that sometimes we have to, you know, maybe do something that might cost a little bit more money or whatever, just whatever it is. Or eat something eat that, something, we yeah, that we don't necessarily want to, you know, eat because right. we spent more on a date than we had planned on. Right. You know, but yeah. I mean, like, it always figures it out. And, you know, yeah. for us, our most important thing is our marriage. So everything else, like everything we do from that point, even like our son, um, he's not like the center of our universe. He's very close. Um, I'd give him a what? Mars? It's probably Mars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mar- wait. Mar- wait, is it Mercury? Hmm. My very exciting mother just sits upstairs and you playing. Yeah, it's Mercury. Mercury is the closest. He's our Mercury. Okay. My very exciting. Mercury, Venus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh God! See, don't is, don't ask anyone or don't ask Danny about astronomy. That's also as my, a takeaway. Yeah, as my um, astronomy professor from college can tell you, uh, don't ask me about stars or anything, planets, whatever. I'm she, lucky I yeah. know we're on Earth. <laughs> yeah, she knows there's stars out there, but yeah, don't ask. I, yeah, I've seen the stars. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I confuse them with airplanes, but I have seen stars, and so. Um, <laughs> Like I said, Alex is not the center of our universe. Um, our our marriage is the center of our universe. And then everything that we have comes, like, rotates around that. So that, you know, um, we realize that that's got to be the foundation. And then everything else builds up from that. But if that foundation isn't there, then, like, you don't really have a whole bunch, a whole lot. I mean. Right. I mean, that's that's the, I guess, the kind of relationship is where God kind of becomes a verb too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start experiencing God through um, your spouse and through um, the people that come into your orbit through knowing your spouse. Yeah. That's just that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, yeah, I think that's good. I'm going to leave it with that. So um, next week I'm going to share with you a book that I read um, uh, about five years ago now, four, four, four years ago. And it is an amazing book. It's actually a Bible study that I read that was an ama- like a light bulb that went off in my head. I'm going to share that with you. And then Jim and I are just going to share a couple of other just fun um, things about our relationship that, I don't know, we, um, I don't know, we just thought would be kind of fun to share. And just some good, some good things and some bad things that like we figured out in 11 years that, you know, maybe we can help somebody. Yeah. Avoid. (laughs) So, all right, guys, have a great week. Have a great, great Wednesday um, and enjoy the the weather. Now, listen, I know some people are getting um, they're getting hammered with the with these storms. So I hope you're I hope you're safe. I hope everything's okay and your, you know, um, family and your friends are safe. And if and some of us are getting like amazing sunshine, happiness. Some of us are getting the same thing in both days. I don't know. But um, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And we'll be back with you next week for part two of the Dating Your Spouse series. All right, guys. Bye. See you. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on this and other episodes of Taking Back You, visit takingbackyou.com. And be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.